Mr. Gorbachev, tear down these invisible walls. Today on... So today on Press B to Cancel, we are talking about open world games. Quick uh, definer, because we have been trying to define this a little bit, and it seems like we all have different definitions of this, and I'm sure we'll come back to it. Online, the definition I came across was that open world games are games that don't prevent the player from wandering the entirety of the world with invisible walls or other forms of walls. Pretty simple. I am joined today Is by <laughs> Sick Jake. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here again. Sinistar77. Hello. I'm glad to have a second episode now almost under my belt. And the always charming Chardmunk. You flatter me, sir. You flatter <laughs> me. Y'all ready to talk about this? Let's... Y'all ready for this? <laughs> okay, so copyright strikes. I, I, I got a little question for you guys. How old do you think the oldest open world game is? Okay. Give me a year. Okay. I was thinking about this. I'm going to go. Ooh, if I remember when this came out, I'm going to say either 79 or 80. God damn it. Okay. I was going to go with like 80, 81, somewhere around there. When was Rogue? When did Rogue come out? It's mm, a good question. I'm not sure. That like, late but I guarantee early you, 80s? yeah, it was not 1970. Is earlier? <laughs> yes. So the first open wow, world really? game is an electromechanical game from Sega, called. Uh, oh my goodness! I just had it. Uh, Skyrocket, I believe it was. Jet Rocket. Afternoon Delight. Jet Rocket is what it's called. And that's it's an electromechanical arcade game where it's basically you can freely explore this interstellar space. Hmm. It's kind of wild how it works. And it's it's kind of hard to find good visuals of how the game works online. But yes, you can free roam through space in this game from Okay, what what year again? Nineteen seventy. 1970. This okay. is no screen. This is all physical parts. Electrical it's, game, Well, it's basically. physical parts and I think um, a projector of sorts. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, my guess to tell you why I went like 79 or 80 is um, the Ultima games um, and maybe even Aklabeth, although I think Aklabeth was all, all just dungeon, but I the Ultima games from day one always had uh a um you know explorable world yeah i specifically remember in ultima i don't know which one it was but we killed the king right off the bat because lord british you killed lord british maybe i don't know we started in a throne room and i attacked the king and he killed him and i went what the hell did we just do and then i don't think i ever played it after that <laughs> Also, Rogue came out, it looks like, in 1980. Uh, Jake, okay. So you know. Is okay. Rogue an open-world game, though? I wasn't sure. 
it's level by level but i mean it's, it's infinite a, it's, possibilities it says it's it says that it's a dungeon crawler video game okay so maybe that, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's not open world it just means that's probably the play style of it so i i mean I, that's like I guess that's kind of one of the questions, right? Is where do we draw the line between linear and and an open world, right? Because is a dungeon crawler necessarily linear, right? Well, that's fair. Go here's ahead. Wolf. A good example: um, Spider-Man for the PS4. Very, very easy to understand that that is an open world game. You can. Mm swing around all throughout the city almost immediately without issue nothing will stop you you can go take on all sorts of side missions and side quests all over the place however more stuff does get unlocked as you progress through the story so the story is a requirement to get further into the game but you can access the entirety of the world from the get-go but i mean i mean we could also argue the same thing about gta or at least GTA three. I can't I can't stay for the top down versions, but I can talk about the three D, you know, the newer versions. So they do the right. same thing. But even the islands are locked. Right. The three doesn't give you access to everything. Same with uh what's it called? Vice City. Vice City locks off the bridges early mm -hmm. on, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't even think San Andreas and... well San Andreas might be the only one that allowed you to travel between worlds without having to unlock them. That didn't lock you yeah, I either. I, remember I thought it did. It might. I mean, I know that was their thing. That's how you could progress the story is by unlocking it. So it's very possible that that was because all the missions lead you to the new areas, right? So right. you start out San Andreas, you start on the the Los Angeles area, and then you're working, and then somehow you manage to get up to the San Francisco esque type area, and then they send you over to the Vegas type area. But each mission leads you into that world. But you can still. My idea now. This is purely my idea of an open world versus linear is open world allows me to do nothing for hours and be entertained by it it's true it's they, i know it's it's yeah. funny but it's true <laughs> I when i it. play red dead redemption when i play witcher when i play uh, any of the grand theft autos games i can literally just go do whatever the heck i want for as long as i want and get nowhere in the game but still put five hours in to not progress anywhere but I'm so, now, but I'm, but I'm entertained by it. You know what I mean? So I can do whatever I'd like for the most part. So, so in my, you know, kind of research and thinking about this, um, I, I actually thought about Red Dead Redemption too, uh, because you, it is open world. I will absolutely agree. You can go and do, you know, whatever the fuck you want for, you know, however long you want. But uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Red Dead Redemption 2, when you pick missions, you get locked into the mission. And that's kind mm -hmm. of the way that they that they progress. Because a lot of a lot of open world games, you lose some of that story narrative, right? Where a linear game is story narrative, almost, you know, it's a it's a playable movie, right? You're playing a movie. Um, and so a lot of the kind of the research I looked into and thinking about it on my own is how do open world games progress a storyline? And a lot of them fail, in my opinion. A lot of them fail to give you kind of that epic feeling, that epic storyline. But Red Dead Redemption 2 via, okay, I've accepted this mission and now I'm locked in and I either, you know, succeed or fail. And it gives me actual story 
to the game. So I, I, I mean, think it, I think that they tried to balance both worlds, right? I think Red Dead is a great example of an open world game that allows you to progress through the story. I my idea, and it, I'm sorry, we're kind of overtaking it here, but my idea for like a truly open world game, and we talked about it a little bit today, is No Man's Sky. Um, for all those who don't know what No Man's Sky is, No Man's Sky is basically a third person um, building uh, space mm-hmm. adventure game. I knew not a whole lot going into it other than the stories of how terrible it was and how when it first came out, it totally bombed, blah, blah, blah. But they've done a real good job on on repairing and fixing it up. And your your job is to basically explore space. There's nothing in the way of you doing anything. Now, here's where I get a little wound up on certain stuff, considering linear versus open, is... People need boundaries. People need goals. People need an idea to go. I'm very, I'm a very goal-oriented person in real life. You can ask my wife and you can ask my coworkers like that. I have to have an, something to aim for to know that I'm being successful at whatever it is I'm doing. So if someone just throws me into a world and says, here you go, have fun. I okay. What is what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to have fun? Like like what what is fun? I could I could dig a hole. Am I being successful? I dug a hole. Do I put something in said hole? I don't freaking know. It told me to, to have fun. No, I don't want to do that. And then I get my brain starts getting overwhelmed, and I'm like, there's too much to do. I have too many options. I need something to tell me where to go. And as much as I absolutely love No Man's Sky, it's a great game. I need direction. What do you got, Sid? So, there so is you a brought up no two top. Oh, go ahead. Just I would say there is a goal in No Man's Sky. It's limited, but there are two story chains in No Man's Sky. And the old one, when it first came out, you basically you're doing the Atlas path, and you're slowly building up technology and exploring the universe, and it kind of forces you in a direction to the center of the galaxy. That's the story. That's the motivation. If you want to do that, you can completely ignore the story and just survive. And that's your goal in No Man's Sky is just to survive. That's, that's good because that's all I was doing. <laughs> Pretty much, right? But there is a story, and I, I did go all the way through to the end, and it was a bit of a mind fuck. But it was oops, no swearing. But it was good. <laughs> I did, I I've, did like. It. I've already. But it's definitely open world for I've sure. Go ahead. Dropped an f bomb. I realized it as I was saying as well. Um, okay, so you brought up two. You brought up two topics that are on my bullet points. So. And really quick, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw them both out and then we can discuss or, or just move on or whatever. But um, a lot of comparisons of open world versus linear were do open world games release with more bugs or less complete, less complete content. That's fair. So you kind of brought that up. And then the other one um, that you brought up was um, uh, now I've forgotten. <laughs> anyway, it's, but I mean, we could talk about um, more bugs. Do they release with more bugs? I mean, great example is Cyber Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Or No Man's yes. Sky, which released no with with like eighty percent of its content missing, right? Right. But then we could also argue, and and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna be the guy. We can talk about Elden Ring, and Elden Ring was released as an open world from software game based in the Dark Souls playology, not universe, but playology. How you play it the same exact way, and No Man and and No Man's Sky had its bugs. Cyberpunk was 
considered an absolute failure when it first came out. But we all kind of expected that, right? I did. I don't know if everybody else did because The Witcher 3 was a total bomb until, I guess, what Red Mm -hmm. Project picked that up and fixed it and made it the game that it is today. Now Cyberpunk's starting to get some feet underneath it. and It's starting to do... I've heard nothing but good things about the new Cyberpunk stuff. But Elden Ring, based on an open-world game, open-world system, other than like a few small technical technical things that i what i didn't bother me but i guess i'm easy i don't know maybe i'm not I, whatever i'm easy to please it it had no super huge issues there was no dlc you needed to wait for the game played completely you you fought all the bosses you wanted to but the best part about that was also finding out that it felt like when i first played it it felt linear it felt like i had to go to stormvale i had to go do this I'm like, I thought this was open world, but it looks like it's open after you get this thing done. No, there are paths around it. Elden Ring rewards you for exploring. From Software Games rewards you for exploring, and you get better stuff. And that was like the main pool of Elden Ring was explore the world. Go check it out. You get some cool stuff out there if you just don't rush it. I'm not a patient man, as most people know. So I'm just like, we got to get to point A to point B. I don't need to know I'm being successful. And then I find out there's a path around Stormwell. You don't even need to go to it. You can do that whenever the heck you want, uh, you know, in, in all my exploration. So there's, is it, is it now just the future of people are going to release an open world game and, ex- and then kind of figure out what players want from said open world game? That's why there's so many bugs. Like, is that something that's a thought process where we're like, okay, we're going to release Cyberpunk. We've been talking about it for 300 freaking years. It's ready to go. It's not ready to go, but we're going to release it anyways. Then we're just going to let people tell us what's wrong with it. Then we'll fix the problem when we get it done. And then nobody likes that. Nobody wants 800 freaking patches to fix the game. They want an Elden Ring. They want something that's complete, out of the box. As soon as you get it, you can fire it up and you can play your game. So the problem with sorry, I did not intend to say that right for that. That's okay. The problem with open world games, though, is it is a lot more work and effort and manpower and or people power and money to fill an open world, right? That it is a linear experience, right? So it's bigger. So the way they get around it is a lot of the time they use procedural generation to just kind of throw stuff out there. Elder Scrolls does Mm -hmm. this a lot. A lot of the the zones in in Elder Scrolls games, Morrowind and, and Skyrim are filled by a procedural generation algorithm, and then they go in by hand to edit things and place things. But it's such a massive world, they can't give attention to every part of it. And a lot of the quests, even, in the Elder Scrolls games, they have something called Radiant AI, or the Radiant System. And all it is, is they have basic AI scripts. They tie to all the NPCs, and they throw a few quest chains in, and it pulls from that to build the quest lines for a lot of the basic quests. Not the main story ones, that's obviously fixed. But a lot of the procedural, like, random stuff you come across is radiant. And because of that, it's buggy. The Elder Scrolls games I love. They're fantastic. But they are some of the buggiest games, especially at launch. And they don't improve much after time, right? Skyrim is buggy today as it is when it launched. The only thing now is that there's a lot more content to it, like DLC. Whereas at least Witcher 3. Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games. And it's a flawless experience now. But you're totally right, Chard. When it first came out... There's a lot of issues with it. People had complaints with the controls and the movement and bugs, but that was all fixed. So open world being buggy, absolutely. But whether it gets fixed or not depends. 
Morrowind is a great example of that too. Uh, they kind of left a lot of the bug fixing to the mod community. I was and just about to say a lot of not. Go ahead. Yeah, I, well, I was about to say I was going to say exactly the same thing you were saying is ah, okay. is so many of these developers are then like, hey, here's your modding system, and they let the community fix it. Yeah, and they'll sometimes they'll go back and fix those things, and sometimes they don't. Morrowind still has the memory leak issue it had when it released. It it still yeah. has a memory leak issue. I mean, yeah. it's with thirty two gigs, it takes a lot longer for it to cause issues, <laughs> but <laughs> it still breaks. Back right. in the day, when I think you needed what uh, a gig or two to run the game, something like that, maybe four. I don't recall, but. Uh, it, it would eventually overrun your memory and crash the game out into nothing. This is, this is the story of my job life. I actually literally okay. had a, a situation <laughs> where, where we ended up solving a database dilemma by throwing it into Ram, throwing the entire database into Ram. And then when that started swapping, they were like, what's going wrong? And we said, we ran out of this massive amount of Ram that you had us buy. And it's now swapping. And so me being the asshole that I am, I said, you know what? Why don't we just pin swap into RAM? Thinking that they would get the joke. And they looked at me and said, is that possible? <laughs> wow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> am I the only one that's... Is that, am I the only one that's bothered by having your community fix your game? Is that just a me thing? It, no. How weird is that? Listen, I get the opportunity to allow people to try their own thing and be their own stuff. And there's a lot of programmers out there that are, or, or you know, people that design stuff that probably are like, oh, this isn't going to do nothing. I'm not going to do whatever, whatever. And then they do stuff and then it gets into Skyrim. Or, and it's just some guy just messing around. You know, it's the big head version of NBA Jam. It's just some guy that's just making some funny things that turns into this major stuff and it makes the game better one way or the other. And then they're just like, hey, fucking Bill, keep that shit coming. Huh? We're going to not pay you, but fix our game, huh? Can you go ahead and fix our game for us? It'd be great. I know we should have done all this before, you know, we made you guys spend $61 on this damn thing, but you seem to have it under control. Let's you know, go ahead and take care of it. No big deal. It, it angers me, but I appreciate it when it happens, right? Well, uh, I believe I've mentioned this in passing before, but uh, I went to Art Institute for game design. Uh, and I had a teacher who had left the industry to become a teacher there. Uh, and his big one of his big issues with the industry was that QA teams were getting smaller and smaller while games were getting bigger and bigger and more complex. And so he bitched about that a lot. <laughs> I, should, I work in the industry. Problem. I, yeah. I work yeah, in the industry and one of the things that aggravates me the most is when I started in the industry, not game industry, I work in the software development industry. When this started years ago, you had dedicated QA teams that understood how to test outside the modules, right? Outside of the pieces. And that has been ripped away. And now in most cases, they have the devs do their own QA. Yeah, it's, well, I feel about that. That's the shift toward development now, right? Where it's one man, many hats, yeah. right? And it's nice for yep. streamlining stuff, but lacking the, a separate QA department 
is is just not good for road quality, right? They miss things because they're in a people are in a rush to get stuff pushed out. Anyway, we're way off topic, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would. I wanted to touch right, on one more thing on this because of QA fault. testers. Um, there's actually a group of QA testers who voted in a union for their their crew yeah. at Activision Blizzard. I think it was. It was. Yeah. And like the big news is they got a they got a union, and I, I agree with that. But then secondarily to that, I was like, this big company has 25 testers. Right. Like, <laughs> a very how do you tiny only have pool. 25 people testing your game? Right. Well, you know what it is? It's contractors. When they have a big title coming out and they do want to do a little bit of extra testing, they hire a bunch of contractors and then they fire them or lay them off at the end of a contract period. And that's one of the things the arguments those who unionized had is you're bringing people on full-time or more hours a week as contractors and you're not even giving them a full-time job after the fact you're letting them go so how can you build a life around that kind of lifestyle right you just contract it for six months or they let you go and it's terrible i'm glad they unionized because of all the industries games is really harsh on its employees and you have to have such a passion yeah. for gaming to actually want to work in it you'd be crazy to work in game design these days yep that brings me to linear world games Yes. Unionizing brings me right back to linear, linear games. Games that are driven in a line, nice. in a line that are stuck on, on lines. Let's talk <laughs> about open world. Let's talk about linear games. Um, I, I think um, most of you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Um, a lot of the games are, are fairly linear. We got, we got one kind of halfway open world version of Final Fantasy VI after the World of Ruin. You can kind of make your decision on whether you're going to go take on Kefka or you're going to go and, you know, go find everything that you need to or you want to. You don't need to, but you want to um, yeah. and finish the game that way. Or <clears throat> we could talk about the most linear of Final Fantasy games that don't even really allow you to grind much. Final Fantasy 13, which I just totally bomb dropped on you guys on this one because there was no mention of this in any of our discussions that we talk about this, but it came up in my brain at some point in my life. How linear is 13 for those who have played it's, it? It's pretty linear. Like, there's a reason people call it Final Hallway, right? But <laughs> it is a hallway simulator. It is a hallway simulator. It is. But I always defend that aspect of it with Final Fantasy 10 because 10 is also pretty damn linear. It, it has a little bit more branching than 13 did in the 24 hours I played of 13. But I, oddly, I've also been told for hours to beat it. Damn. No, 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 no. I did not beat it. I gave up during the alarm prison break sequence because I just couldn't anymore. But uh, and I've I've been considering going back, but I don't know if I want to do that to myself. But uh, I'll leave, that. I'll leave final, that to your own decisions, sir. Yeah, Final Fantasy X was pretty linear, uh, and I'm I'm told that thirteen opens up and lets you go just about everywhere after you're about. 30 to 40 hours in which yeah does i mean i think you have to leave the I, planet you actually have to like leave the main area that you start in to then go and grind because final fantasy is based on uh, everybody knows you grind final fantasy you fucking grind rpgs yeah. that's how you fucking play sure. those right that's the genre sure. so and even in 10 even in 10 whilst it is linear the sections are opened up enough that you can go and explore the small mm -hmm. area that you're in. I totally agree with you on it being linear. It, it very is much driven. You go here, you go here, you go here. 
you don't get an airship like you do in all the previous ones where you can fly around. I mean, even even eight Heather Ragnarok, which was towards the end, but you could still fly around in it and, and go back to other spots. But yeah. 10 was uh, 10 had basically the bonfire aspect of, of Dark Souls where you could save at a safe sphere and then you would pop in. But you could still go and check sh- stuff out while you were rolling around. 13, you're right. It takes about 40 hours to get to an area, not even not even going back, but to an area that allows you to, quote, explore it without <laughs> having to be driven. Because you don't. I mean, it's a big platform that you walk around and you do the LC missions or the Lacid mission or whatever they're called. And you could do all those. And that's like the side quest in that game where you do those missions and you rescue people that are stuck in crystals or whatnot. But it's still a hallway simulator. It's still literally like you can't you can't go, hey, I'm going to go hit this island because I know that there's really good XP over here and I'm going to grind it out for a couple hours and get all these things leveled up. It's not that way. It is literally like I'm just going to press all these different buttons that allow these different sh- paradigm shifts to happen and I'm going to find the best way to beat this, this creature and then move on to the next thing until you get to a story-driven boss fight that then leads you to the next area. But I mean, they pretty much aptly went away from that and went back to sort of an open world base game in 15 because 14s yeah. are MMO. You can't talk about that doesn't 14. count. So, but it's still, it's still linear based, but let's talk about the Batman games. Well, hold on. I was asking 15. Yeah. I wonder what 15 because 15 yeah. does open up has open world, but there's nothing to do in it really, except for the hunting and cooking. And that's all <laughs> there is to it. Well, you could ride the chocobos around and you can, <laughs> There's some, it's dumb, I know, but there's other things you could pick up and do it. It's a lot more open world than 13 ever was. Okay. And I believe 13.2 or 13.3 allowed for a more, <laughs> it's one of those two. It's not both. It's one of those two that allowed for an open world type <laughs> gameplay. Right. I never played either of them because 13, I couldn't get past 13. I beat 13 and that was it for me. I was done with that. Oh, you didn't play 15? So, I, I don't know. Can I, I just... have played 15. I've beaten. No, 15. he's talking about 13.2 and lightning returns 13 three no i played okay. 15 15 is actually not can we do 15, an episode good of, on its own right can we do an episode at some point on how the how the hell do you handle all of the final fantasy numbers and names because <laughs> sure I'll, 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 I'll imagination <laughs> it's like being an imagineer at fucking disneyland because I know that there's like X and then there's now like X2 and there's like 13.7 and I don't know. Like, yeah. 13.2. There's no 13.7. Okay. No. Well, that too, there won't be. You called out my exaggeration, <laughs> sir. You called out my exaggeration. I did. I like to peel the curtain back every now and then. <laughs> I like that fourth well, wall br- to just show brightly. You, you brought up the Batman games and the reason that I kind of wanted batman to to be on my list to discuss is um arkham asylum is i don't think it's in my top five games i'm still trying to figure out my top five games um but i would say it's in my top 10 games um it is one of the coolest experiences i felt like batman when i was playing it like it just you know the of course you know it had the joker with mark hamill you know, I mean, just pure, pure glory, but that game is, is very, very linear. Now I read a, 
I read a review or a, a comment where they're like, it is open world. And I'm over here saying, except it's not because you can't progress the story until you complete the mission, right? I mean, yeah, you can go to everywhere that you've been, but if you want to go to the new area, you need the bat claw now, or you need the, the explosive gel, or you need the this. And they're all missions that you have to do, and they're really in order, right? And uh, I absolutely adored it. And I adored it enough that when Arkham City was announced, I pre-ordered Arkham City. And that was the moment that I learned that I was done doing pre-orders because I got the, I got Arkham city and they took away. I mean, it's funny because they claim that it's supposed to make you feel like Batman more, you know, because you have all the tools available to you. You just, you just can build up their power or their effectiveness or whatever, but you can really go anywhere. And I was, and, and to me, it was like, you, you took away the Epic storyline. Yeah, there's some story because you have to go defeat, you know, Mr. Freeze and you have to go defeat, you know, so and so. And, and, but at the same time, it like, it lost the je ne sais quoi, I guess, right? That, that feeling that, um, uh, just maybe I expected a movie. I expected another interactive movie. Um, and that kind of talks, I, I wanted to talk about, because I've always tried to figure out most open world games I play and then I get, I get over. Um, Witcher is a, is a rare example. I still haven't beaten Witcher, but oh man, I would, I would tout Witcher all day long. I have played that hours and hours and hours and I've enjoyed every moment of it. But most open world games, I finally figured it out. Somebody explained it as open world game exhaustion. Yes, and this, so this is I what we were this is another, Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So before we move off on Batman, then so like Batman, I've only played a little bit of Asylum, but I played a fair amount of City, and it's the same controls for the most part, same gameplay. The only mm -hmm. difference is really mm -hmm. that the city is opened, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's opened and there's so much to do—is it like analysis paralysis that you get ex exhausted with the game and you stop? Like, what about that? Yeah, that's you actually... away from Asylum because Asylum has a good story. City has a good story. But if you yeah. stray from the path of City's story, you get lost, I guess. I think part of the reason that I suffer the exhaustion, in particular with like Batman Arkham City, is I I get stuck in I'm I'm a completionist. And that's probably my problem, right? Is I'm like, okay, now I have to go complete all the side quests. And like 30% of the side quests are the same damn thing with just, yeah. you know, a little bit of paint change and a few different characters, but it's still a fetch quest. It's still, a, right. it's still busy work. Right. Right. And so I think maybe that's my problem. Um, and even though Witcher three has some fetch quests, it never feels like it's just slapping new paint and some characters on, on a different, you know, version of the same, of the same quest there's a little bit of it i'm not going to say it's you know completely um free of it but most of the open world games that i that i run into is it's busy work it's fetch quests it's you know a, a new character says hey you know i need you to go you know rescue this village and it's just another village and you do the same thing right but again there's a reason for that though and that's again we said before is that wide open world you need to fill it with stuff to do 
And sometimes you don't right. have the time to fill it with quality stuff. That's why Witcher 3 side quests, there are some that are not great. But by and large, the side quests in Witcher 3 stand out so well with their fantastic writing and narrative. And they're each like contained, but they're really good stories told there. That reminds me yeah. all the time. It reminds me of Fallout 4. And the and yeah. a, another settlement needs your help. Another settlement needs your help. And then they had this meme where it was The Shining. <laughs> And he was cutting the wall down, you know, the here's Johnny uh-huh. scene. But instead, it's her screaming in the bathroom and then the wall opens up. And it's that one dude that says, another settlement needs your help. And I'm dying <laughs> because it's uh-huh. literally this. I felt like that every time I'd walk around and fall for and this guy's telling me, I'm like, listen, I'm busy, man. Tell yep. the settlement to figure out their own garbage. OK, I got stuff yeah. to do. Leave me alone. I got my child. When to I save. Mentioned- Why are you throwing me these side quests? When I got I- my child to save. <laughs> I felt right. guilty playing that game and doing the side quests. Right. When I mentioned another city's a save, I literally was thinking the Fallout 4, you know, bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah, so, it's exactly how that works. Um, but then, so I think you and I... Oh, go, go ahead. Yes. I was going to say... say I I, mean, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think I beat very many open-world games, even though yeah. I love them. I don't mm-hmm. beat a lot of them because I mm-hmm. do get... I wouldn't say analysis paralysis, but I kind of get burned out on doing all the side stuff and then don't finish the game. Or in some cases, I just treat the game like a sandbox instead of like a story. Uh, Skyrim is a great example of that, going back a little bit. I went right off the bat. I went to whatever the the shady thief town is. I don't remember what it was called. I know it, uh, yes. I went there and did the thief's guild quests and all that. And we're talking right off the bat. I was level three or four when I got there. And by the time I left, I was level 25. Yeah, okay. But it was all lockpicking, (laughs) pickpocketing, stealth. So I was not ready for combat anymore. I engaged hard mode. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pro thief, man. You're ready to steal and break into everything. (laughs) Go ahead, Sinistar. So you brought up Skyrim. So this is funny. This is funny, and Sinsters can probably confirm this. I had Oblivion, and I got so into side quest hell, I have never beaten Oblivion. But I am the Mage Guild Master. I am the Thieves Guild Master. I have like gone through all of that shit. So when I bought Skyrim, I said to Sinsters, I'm like, I'm going to go do the main quest before I do any side quest, because... I've got to complete one of these one of these Elder Scroll games. I've played them since Arena, right? And so I went and did the main quest line, and I was like, "Well, there's eight hours. Great." Yep, same. Like for me, <laughs> I, really I did think of several hundred hours of Skyrim, and I didn't game. finish the main quest. Like I, I got right to the yeah. final boss encounter, died, and I said, "I'll come back later," and I never did. And I have like three hundred hours in Skyrim and never beat it. I'm 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 sitting wow. here trying to think of any open world game that I finished. I think Grand Theft Auto, Vice City three, and San Andreas are the only and and five and six. I think no, there is no six. Five. There's no six. Um, it feels like there's a six. There's so many goddamn goddamn uh, Grand Theft Autos. Um, I've finished all of those, but not without just being lost. I haven't finished Red Dead Redemption two. I haven't finished Skyrim. I haven't finished Witcher. I because I. You guys get fatigue. I get overwhelmed. I'm just like walking yeah. through town, 
bebopping through. Hey, I should probably get some potions because I had a nasty fight coming up there. Oh, 800 people have shit for me to do. You know what? I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm going to go play <laughs> Mega Man, which is arguably yeah. also an open world game. You did complete Elden, Elden Ring. That's true. How many hours okay. was that for you? She uh, 147 or something like that, I think. Jeez. That's yeah. the problem right there. Open world is hundreds of hours. Witcher 3 was like yeah. 95 for me, and I feel like I missed so much by rushing right. <laughs> at 90 hours. Right. Just trying to get and, it done. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I love the game, but well, there's just no time to do everything. This kind of brings up a topic because, um, you know, in my research, I was reading what other people thought, watching YouTube videos, etc. And um, the the it, kind of the consensus, and I want to know how, how you guys feel, and I kind of don't know how I feel, so I want to talk it through. But the consensus is open world seems to be what happens when a developer takes a uh, an intellectual property and says, People are asking for more because yeah, you go for a linear game and you're talking eight to 20 hours. Right. And then people are like, where's my bang for my buck, but, but $60 for eight to 12 hours or yeah. 20 hours. Right. Yeah. If you think of it from going to see a movie, like a cheap ticket is $8 and 50 cents these days and you get two hours. Right. So, right. Anyway, so um, there's there's kind of a consensus online of it's bang for the buck. Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Um, where they took Metal Gear Solid, which was a linear, mostly linear game, and everybody loved it. And they're like, "Well, we need more bang for the buck." And all of a sudden, it's now an open world game. We're talking about yeah, I got tired of Metal Phantom Gear Solid Five because it was just Phantom? too much to do, and I didn't know what to do. Uh, right? It just I missed the story. I I wanted another Metal Gear Solid. I didn't really want the open world aspect at all for that game. So hundred percent right. I wanted I wanted another Batman Arkham Asylum movie, interactive movie. <laughs> you know, I think it's gonna be a long time before I get another Elden Ring because that that was <laughs> I would have paid ninety bucks for that game. That that game was spectacular from start to finish, um, yeah. and I, I could play it again. I've beaten it and now I can go back. And I think that's the thing about it is that I've done, we did a, we did a, you guys were with me for most of the ride. We did a big chunk of stuff. We probably fought every boss that was in there, at least every cave, whatever. But what gives me the ability is not that I missed anything. It's that now I have another way of doing it. I can try something mm -hmm. different. I can try things that we didn't get a chance to play with because we were so focused on doing it one way. Now I can come back and try it a different way or a way that I'm used to doing. You know me, the the meathead guy that likes to play with the, the strength builds. I went with a caster build this time. Never played as a caster in any of the Souls games. Now I want to try a faith strength build. I was willing to fire that thing right back up and play another 140-something hours of that thing on stream, but you know, I didn't want everybody to go through that freaking ride with me again. <laughs> I know that people want something different, so we changed it up. But Elden I mean, Ring it's not that. Mm. It, yeah, I'd, oh, I'd play a hell out of Randall, Elden Ring Randomizer. But that's the thing is that it's my choice. It's my choice to do what I want to do as opposed to the game forcing choices upon me. And I think that's why I finished Elden Ring because no one told me, hey, you need to go and do this stuff. I'm pretty resilient. If someone tells me to do something, I don't want to do it. I ain't going to freaking do it. And, you know, and then I'm going to get mad because that's there to do and I didn't do it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do anything at all. So I just shut down and completely and 
that's just my own personal problem. But Elden Ring was just like, here's a world. Here's your goal. Go get it. And I felt like a dog chasing a bone. I was like, sure, okay, whatever, let's go do it. <laughs> you know, whatever we had to do to get it done. And then you get these cool surprises. You get dragons coming out of the sky out of nowhere. You get, you know, dudes, skeleton dudes in boats that just float by you and then start beating the crap out of you. There's so many, like, surprises. It's, it always felt like something new was coming at me. Now, I'm not going to say it was perfect. There's a lot of repaint. There's a lot of respriting in the game. I get that. And that's fine. But with a game of that size, it's to be expected. So it didn't bother me as much as, oh, man, I already fought this boss like four hours ago. It's the same damn boss. No, it's a side boss. It's fine. I'm cool with it. But I get what you're saying with the repaint, uh, Sinistar, about like yeah. the Batman games where it's like, hey, I fought a bunch of these guys that were green. Now they're red. They're harder. Let's go. Right. You know, it's, you know, let's a little more creativity. Put a put antlers on their heads or something. Give them something a little different for me to play with. <clears throat> right. Yeah, then I, I want to add to. Oh, fuck. Go. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I think it's safe to say, like, I could probably list all the games, all the open world games I've beaten, at least like the ones that are open world, like Arkham City and Spider-Man. In less than 10, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I've played dozens. I've beaten less than 10. So I've the also question not beaten that I, Go ahead. I was going to say the question I have for all of you, especially you werewolf, since you just kind of brought this topic up is if a, if, if a open world game has multiple endings and you look at it from a perspective of, oh my God, this is a hundred hour game or whatever. Are you going to go back and replay it for the for the additional endings? Probably not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not not if you. <laughs> it's generally speaking, I won't touch a multiple ending game like that. Like if you can get different endings from any single playthrough, I won't go back and play them, even if they're only like twelve hours. Sometimes, like depending sure. on how far back the branching starts. Like if you've got three or four hours before the branching starts, then yeah, I'll make a save point right there and I'll play through that tail end a bunch of times. But if it's more than that, I'm not interested. Give me the ending I got and I'll go check the rest out on YouTube or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we can yes. We can reach into like stuff like Chrono Trigger, which is one of the the first games that I can remember as my childhood. It's not the first game, but the first game that I can remember as my child of my childhood that had a game of multiple innings, 13 something innings or like that. But the thing about it was that, like Wolf said, it's you can their it, their endings start at different points of the game. So you obviously have to do new pain game plus, but you can start the game out and immediately go fight Lavos and immediately get an ending for that. And then you can go and do a couple options, then go and fight Lavos immediately after that. There was always some kind of branch that you can follow into. When we did the, uh, I did the retro achievements for it. I got 200% on Chrono Trigger. There was a path that we had to follow to make sure that we did it at the right time to get all the right endings. So that's cool. And I agree with Wolf on the idea of that. Well, it, if I were to do Elden Ring again, I would try and get another ending, but there's more to Elden Ring to play through it than just getting another ending. If the option is literally there's 20 endings to this game, but it's the same exact gameplay throughout the whole thing, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Yes. That's no right. that's no fun. Yeah. I'm just I'm going to watch the game 20 times over again just for a different ending. Get out of here. I don't want to do that. But if yeah. you're going to let me change my character 
or let me do a different play style while getting to a different ending, let's go. Because that then encompasses everything that I want. It's a whole new game, essentially. I mean, it's not, but it is. It's a whole new play style. So that's that's how I feel about that. So. Uh, it was like that for well, me in I... Cyberpunk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead real quick. I was going to say for Cyberpunk, it's the same idea. I got the bad ending for that game. And I, I 40, 50 hours, I rushed through Cyberpunk and I got the bad ending. I kind of want to go back and get the good ending. But when I went to start over again, I felt I was doing the same thing I did the first playthrough. Same items I liked, the same quests, the same armor and gear. I wasn't doing anything different, right? And I know there's different ways to play Cyberpunk. But for me, just even though I was in the familiar world, and Skyrim's like this too, I always do the same thing again. And for that game, what's the point, right? If there's an open world, but you take the same path, what's the point? So right. I didn't I didn't bother getting the other endings in that game. Uh, I was actually going to say, um, what is the probably most free-roaming open-world game you guys have played? I have an answer. And it's one that I didn't think about until we started this this episode altogether. Really? And that is, yes, it is Elite Dangerous. Hmm. That the yes, VR game, yeah, definitely qualifies. It is. Well, <laughs> it has VR, but uh, I played it. I played it only a little bit with VR. But um, they they built they built the map on actual NASA star charts, and so you have that much you have like the galaxy ish to explore oh, wow. right like wow. and and um like looking at my vr psycho hmm, that sounds uh, actually kind of cool <laughs> so so if you want to just do the exploration go for it but other aspects of the game and i'm i'm sorry uh frontier design whatever the com- company is but you ruined your game um if you're willing to just do the exploration, you'd, you'd have a great time. But if you try to do any other aspect of the game, they they updated it into Ruin. Um, mm. But also one of the coolest VR experiences I've ever had. Nice. So, yeah. But free yeah, roaming. So the most, uh, yeah, free roaming. Uh, I mean, as long as you have fuel and um, there is a way. Um, once you get enough credits and you can earn, you know, credits, you can get a solar scoop to go essentially re- refuel yourself based on certain types of suns. So you can literally explore into perpetuity as, uh, wow. you know, I mean, something, I don't remember, they have 50 or 60,000 solar systems to explore that they, that they grab from the NASA maps. So but in that kind of game, though, it's all based on procedural generation. How much is there to do mm-hmm. on all those stars? Because they didn't hand place much of anything. No, and that's and that's really where you run into like if you if you want to just go explore and you know find certain minerals, etc., you'll have a great time. But if you want beyond that, you're limited to a very smaller scope, right? A much smaller scope. Because as you said, it's erroneous on their part. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Um, Actually, the uh, uh, I think there's a streamer erroneous. No, he's never he's never played it as far as I've seen. (laughs) Erroneous. So uh, I have to ask, Wolf, when you mean open, when you mean free roaming, do you mean the ability to just kind of just roll around and do nothing, or like like what do you mean by by go where you want, tackle what you want? Um, beat the game if you like right at the outset or do the content in whatever order you feel like. 
That's an excellent question. Um, I, I could lean on Elden Ring because, I mean, you got to beat a bunch of bosses to get to the end. So there's that mildly linear aspect of story progression. But I think the most fun that I've had playing a free roaming type game was Red Dead Redemption 2. I'd have to say uh, that's that game I'd, I would spin up and I'd 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 play for hours and do nothing. I do absolutely nothing. And I know that there's a story you have to follow. It's just like any other Rockstar game. We got to follow the story to unlock all the stuff or, or not unlock, but to move on to the next thing. But I just would ride around and rope people and then drag them. I'd rob play. I'd rob trains. I'd <laughs> hold up stores. I'd get thrown into jail for hundreds of dollars and then be like, God, I've only earned him like a dollar mission. No wonder everything sucks at three hundred dollars. You know, I, I mean, I, I would, I would just, and I go find new guns. I do all kinds of stuff like that. I think Red Dead Two was easily the most fun I had doing nothing for hours. Easily, I think. It's funny because I, my brother said all those same things, but he hated it. But he's <laughs> not a big open world gamer. He's he gets he gets overwhelmed and thinks there's just too much to do and doesn't play him. So open world exhaustion. I get I get overwhelmed real real bad with games. Like I can't play The Witcher. I can't beat it. I can't do it because there's too oh. much to do. And I don't like I know, I know, I it's know it's so a good, wonderful though, game. Jared. It's a spectacular game, but I just I just see all the things and I feel like I have a chore. I feel like I'm doing chores. I feel like <laughs> I need to go fold the laundry and then I need to clean up my office and then I need to go do the dishes. I don't want to do that, and then I'll fight a dragon. No, I don't want to do that. I want to go fight the dragon and not have people bother me about the crap. And then I get my ass kicked because I didn't do the side missions to get the items I needed to fight said dragon. It's dumb. Let's play King's Quest. There was no problems with King's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, how about you? I think I know the game you're talking about, so I'm going to let you say it. But I agree that, that the game you're going to mention is probably the most open world game where you can literally do whatever you want and just get to the game end whenever you feel like. And I love it for it. Yeah, is Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Ah, uh, I've never played that. I want to. I have. I just. I just recently got a Switch, and I want to. I want to try that one. It's one of the it best is... of the Switch. Yeah. So the story is. <laughs> There's more story than the NES game, the original NES game. Thank goodness. And for the story, <laughs> there is. It's really good, but the story is very sparse. Instead, you're yeah. given lots of little tidbits for world building and people's experiences in this world and little rumors and tales and you know local stories about what's happened over the last hundred years so you you get to go and experience it from a more um local kind of storytelling because these people will be like this is what's going on around here this is what's happened in recent years stuff like that so every time you wander somewhere there's different villages and they have different stuff going on and a lot of times they don't have a whole lot of interconnection but it's just it's wild like uh jake mentioned that uh before the street or before the recording here uh that his wife had gone and found all the shrines yeah I did that too. It was very time consuming, but Tell that was my it. goal. I did. I, I tried looking for Korok seeds and I sucked at it. Now yeah. I bought, I played this game when it first came out. I've not played it much since all the DLCs came out. I know there's all sorts of stuff that helps you find Korok seeds and all this kind of stuff and tons of stuff added, but I played vanilla and hmm. finding Korok seeds was not going to happen. Screw that. 
<laughs> but the shrines I made work. And I think there was only one that I really got stuck trying to find. And that's because it was in a mountain. And the only place you could find it with your little compass sonar thing was nowhere near the entrance to the mountain. And it was just, it was aggravating as hell. But I do love that you can go do any of the major animal shrines or whatever they're called, animal dungeons, in any order you want. You don't have to do any of them or yeah. all of them, whatever. And then like you can literally, as soon as you're done on the training area, jump off the plateau and go straight for Hyrule Castle and kill Ganon. That's why I, uh... this game are so good. Because once you get the first couple of runes to unlock the abilities, you just go straight to the castle. And so seeing people from the starting area get the runes as fast as possible, find the nearest mm -hmm. tree, and then they just find a trick to ride that to the castle to get there faster is so amazing to me. But you don't need to do that. You're not really breaking anything. You can walk to the final castle if you really want to and beat the game. And I have done that before. It's very hard. But the fact that that's, that's the game. You want to do dungeons? Do dungeons. The boss will be easier. You don't? Just go to Ganon. And it's... I love it for that. Although I disagree in the story parts. As much as I love Breath of the Wild, there's not a lot of story. And you're right, it's mostly lore in the areas around you and the world building. But I miss that there's like a, not much of a cohesive story, right? All you get is Zelda telling you that you're a bad person half the time. She's always insulting you and knocking you down a peg. That's all you get in Breath <laughs> of the Wild story-wise. No, like you get those flashbacks. You get the flashbacks with the heroes when you do the... When you go toward doing the major dungeons a little bit and yeah, but there's not a whole lot of plot to the game right i'm hoping the sequel to this game they've built the open world they're going to reuse a lot of it i'm hoping now that the second game will have more of a story to it although zelda historically does not have much of a story to begin with right it's always been right. a story light type of game it's always been a game about gameplay yeah. and this has that right but and, and yeah and I, leaning I on on zelda leaning on that that aspect of zelda we know it's open world. Like like Zelda Link to the Past is fairly open world for the most part. We talked about sequence breaking. We get that whole idea. You have to do things in a certain order to unlock certain things, but you can still go fairly anywhere. What what makes sure. what makes an open world game not a Metroidvanian or a roguelike? Like what well what what is that that thought process where you you to a roguelike essentially or a Metroidvanian, you have to get a certain item to get to a certain area, right? Well, you, Is you that not up open link world to the, anymore? You brought up Link to the Past, and there are items you have to get to progress to certain areas, right? I mean, you can't lift the large boulders until you get whatever. Yeah. And so there are portions of it that are locked away. So there is at least some level of linearity to it, right? Fair. Um, I just I, I'm curious because you can explore you can explore yeah. the whole not the whole thing obviously things you're limited to but you can walk around the whole goddamn thing all you want but you still need the items to get in does that take away from the open world even though you can literally walk around the majority of the map maybe not the whole thing but at least the majority of it you can't go to temples and stuff which is what drives the story into going forward but it's still I mean it's still fairly open it's not like Mega Man, where you go to a boss, you you fight a boss, you're in that stage, you get past the stage, fight the boss, then you go to the next one. That's all linear, you know. You're in the stage. It's not like you can yeah. do anything different. It's the same thing. So Mega Man is that open world? You're saying you don't you don't think so? Pick your direction. 
I said the it was majority... arguably an open world. I didn't agree to that argument. I just said it was arguably an open world. <laughs> it, the majority it, it has... of Zelda games yeah, go are... Uh, the majority of Zelda games are very... Uh, you know, go here, do this. It's mm-hmm. much like a guided tour around whatever kingdom the game takes place in for that particular game. Usually Hyrule, not always. That's why kingdom. But uh, <laughs> it's... It's very rare that they are just here. Like even Wind Waker, it felt yeah. open world, and, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. stuck with fighting currents and winds and all that that you can't pass through certain areas until later right. in the game. So as open as it feels, it's very go here, do this. <laughs> so Wind Waker there... is the most linear open world feeling game ever. <laughs> I was going to say, is there is there a middle ground here where we where we need to define linear and open world, and there's a mini, middle ground which is a, a open world or a linear faking to be an open world? Wind Waker is probably our middle ground then, honestly. <laughs> well, or we or give like, you a boat in an entire ocean, and they still make you fucking go in a certain direction to get to where you need to get to, but you have the whole ocean to explore. Or Mega Man right like it is it fakes like it's an open world because you get some choice but do you really i mean choice is really the decision on whether it's open world or linear right because if you have the decision to do something different does that automatically make it an open world i mean again this is all very facetious very not facetious but this is very like big brain whatever you know i'm looking up at the clouds trying to look at the molecules kind of stupid stuff it's a linear game, but when you look at it, you could really you could argue any game is open world or any game is really linear. It might be a level of erroneous thinking. Very erroneous. Right, but it's also well, sometimes um, there's games with the illusion of choice, right? Like you look at the Bioware RPGs, like they have design docs and they've mm-hmm. talked about this before openly. Their design philosophy for things like Kotar and Mass Effect and a bunch of their RPGs in that period where it's straight line, linear path for your quest, and then they branch out, they give you three or four locations you can visit. You have to visit all three or four of them, but the order is up to you. So is that really a choice Mm -hmm. when you have to do it anyway, when your only choice is the order? It's not much of a choice. And there's some games like Grand Theft Auto 3. Yes, it's an open map, it's open world, but the quests you have to do, you have three bosses and mob bosses that give you quests. You have to do all of them to, to finish the game. So is it really a choice when you're forced to do it anyway? I guess. So we're saying that the most open world game ever is Breath of the Wild because you have the decision to either do a bunch of shit or go beat it. And the worst open world game we've ever heard of is uh, King's Quest. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Done. Or, or Mass well, Effect. Or Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, it's funny because I was thinking about some things and I was struggling to come up with an open world game like a really good open world game that is a 2D platformer and like there there are open world games that are 2D platformers you've got Faxanadu you got Castlevania 2 um, Rygar goes yeah. back and forth between yeah. overhead and platforming Our favorite. but uh, yeah <laughs> taking it all the way back um, <laughs> but I am playing Rogue Legacy 2 right now on my own. And this game actually like it's pretty damn open world. It's possible to go a lot of places you should not be able to go. Dip and it depends on 
map generation for that particular character that you're playing as that time because you know it's always completely procedurally generated every time you enter the dungeons they're different again but sometimes you get multiple entryways to other regions and you can get into an area that otherwise you shouldn't be able to get into because you need a power up to go through the normal way and i've done this and immediately gotten you know stomped because i'm not strong enough for it but if you're patient and skillful you can probably do a lot of stuff in this game without all the major upgrades necessary which is just wild to me maybe that's can, the can level capping be considered something linear like level like you have to go like you can go into the area but you're going to get annihilated like does that count as a, as, well, a, as I mean, like stopping you from going there it just monsters are killing you when you go when you do <laughs> so well, i was just i was just going to bring up thing. Maybe our definition needs to involve sequence and sequence breaking, right? Some games Fair. may allow sequence breaking when that sequence breaking is is ability or level, right? Like you can sequence break all you want, but you're going to get your face stomped. Say so my mortality is keeping me from the next. Yeah, level. yeah my sanity. <laughs> I go there. Fine. I could stand in front of the freeway all I want, but I'm pretty sure I'll die. So you know, if I'm standing there too long. I can go there, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but it sounds it sounds like Breath of the Wild, which I have played and and I got I got open world exhaustion because I was like, I'm gonna go chase all the shrines. All of them. And then I was like, okay, I'm exhausted. I need to go back and play that game. But I mean, it sounds like that game is is actually fairly beatable by sequence breaking. Not even well, sequence breaking. Jake, you just you just have the freedom to go there whenever you want, right? Sorry, Wolf, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So well, it doesn't Jake, even have you, sequence other than training, right? You said you've beaten this, right? Like without doing all the extra stuff, just going straight yeah. for the end? My second time going through the game, I just you just do the tutorial areas. It's like four shrines to get all the abilities. And then yeah, I just found the best armor and weapon I could, and I made a beeline for the castle. And in the castle, there's actually a few great weapons. And as long as you know the pattern to the boss. It's totally doable. It's harder because you have less hearts and, and whatnot. But there's no cheating. There's no tricks or secrets breaking. That's just the game. The The only reason you go to the dungeons is because you want to make that final boss harder. And if you want story bits, that's really all it is. Hmm. But um, It's funny because there's like a lot of different achievements for doing like three heart runs in a lot of the previous Zelda games like uh, sure. Link to the Past, uh, Ocarina of Time and all that other stuff. But that's your choice. You have to do that. You have to be the bosses because you have to get the Triforce pieces or whatever to right. unlock it. But you can also make it difficult on yourself by not grabbing the items that that would make it easier. Not stuff that you need to progress, but stuff that you can quality of life things, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's hard to define, I think, was what we've kind of come to, right? <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, just, I, there's think, different I think styles of games, definitely... right? And variations of open world, right? An open world where you are not forced to do anything, uh, or you can do everything, or whether there's barriers or not to limit your focus to do story quests, or whether it's just wide open to do things at your own pace. So like, there's different variations of it, and it works for different genres, right? Like we didn't, we didn't talk about it before the podcast, but Assassin's Creed, the newer Assassin's Creed game, mm -hmm. they follow the Ubisoft's uh, very distinct style for their open world games. Where there's a story, but then there's a just a, a massive amount, a hurricane of icons of that map. 
of stuff you yep. could be doing or exploring. And it's again, I also get exhausted from it. But uh, it's it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of the, you know what it is. I was going to say this before with Zelda, Sinistar Breath of the Wild today. You could pick it up right now, and knowing that you can go to the Final Castle right now, you could easily do it. You could do it, pick it up, and play and know what to do. Games like Assassin's mm. Creed or games like Elden Ring. My problem with Elden Ring. I put 100 hours into it. I didn't finish it. I'm, what, a month have not even touched it. When I pick Elden Ring mm-hmm. up now, I won't know where to go, what to do, and I'll probably be rusty as heck on how to play. So that's the kind of open world where once you step away, it's hard to get back into that world and finish it because of everything you've lost. Breath of the Wild is great in that you don't need any of that. You have one goal and you know where to go and you can totally do it, even if you're like rusty. So that's a, a big difference. I would, I would love to go back and play and i i actually keep meaning to going back and playing witcher 3 but i know that if i'm going to do it i'm going to start over yeah for sure because yeah. dear god i'm going to go to that save game and be like and you know what <laughs> you're going to start it over and yeah, i bet I don't you know pick the same skills and build you did the when first I... time around <laughs> Absolutely. When I agreed to Absolutely. do the Bloodborne playthrough that I've been doing for you guys for the the Sophia and homework, I I spun up my original save. I have no idea where the hell I am, and I think my character after three days, I'm finally at where I was mm-hmm. three freaking years ago. <laughs> First started playing the stupid game, which so I, I, I argue, totally can relate. Which I would argue is your your FromSoft practice. In three days, you've gotten back to where you were. I, yeah, I, I got to give myself a little pat on the back for that one. My first wall we crushed down today without any issue. So, but now I don't know what I'm doing because I never made it beyond this part. So I'm like, nice. Start reading some stuff because I don't know where the hell I'm going. <laughs> but that's again, it goes back to the linear thing is that, you know, that game is guiding me in a certain direction yeah. and it's so vague. It's supposed to kind of feel open world-ish, mm-hmm. although we know that a lot of the Dark Souls and Soulsborne games, other than Elden Ring, are very linear. But they still feel open world, like I have the decision to go wherever I want to, but there are blocks in its place. you got to be bosses, you got to unlock things, you got to do shit. Right. But they don't tell you well enough that, like to Jake's saying, that he can go and play Breath of the Wild and go exactly where he needs to go and get it done. After so many months of me not playing Bloodborne, being well familiar with it, I still don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. And so I'm just, I've, we're starting over and hopefully everything makes sense. And now it's starting to go, oh yeah, that's right. That's how I got here. Now I know where I'm supposed to go. So it's one of those, like the lights turning on in the, in the old brain box there. Yeah. Well, uh, on, on Breath of the Wild, um, you know, this is a, a topic I think we've bounced around a little bit, um, you know, through the through all of our communications. But I would argue that Breath of the Wild, being able to jump in and and kind of, you know, get going and just and just roll with it comes back to rational game design. And that is something that Nintendo games do incredibly well is rational Truth. game design. Truth. That sounds like a topic for another episode, though. I was going to say breath even breath of the wild by itself could be its own its own episode. It's it's a very intriguing game all the different aspects about it. Again, maybe not a lot of story but and I have never played it myself but I've we've talked about it like having to have the right clothes to be in the right spot and the right gear to do certain things. 
that blows my mind. I mean, that's that's cool stuff. I, I really I really dig that. So we might have to we're gonna have to buy it, and then we'll all have to revisit it at some point. <laughs> Oh, I ain't playing that one again. Do you know, do you know how many hundreds of gotta, hours my wife and I played in that game to get all 120 shrines, then to go then and do the DLC to me and the hard like you are Already prepared for the next episode that we're talking about. This stuff. <laughs> I, I just have. I I'm going to add more homework to my homework. So I think I was at about 165 hours if you subtract the 15 to 20 hours my kid played just screwing around on my file while I was working through the game because he would want to play and I just let him run around freely and then I'd roll back to a save that I knew was good and play from there again. So yeah, I had about 165 hours in that game from, you know, start to finish finding all the shrines and everything. I didn't even get to touch the DLC. I want to go back and play the DLCs for this. The one DLC is very story focused and it's worth playing just for the story bits. You get a little bit of backstory in each of the heroes that you was missing from the vanilla game. So it's definitely worth doing the DLC. I didn't even know it had DLC. Of course it does. Everything, <laughs> Everything does. does. Oh my God, my chair has DLC. Elden Ring is going to DLC any day now. I guarantee you that they'll announce something. It's getting there talking about it. I'm and I'll I'm first in line. <laughs> no, I won't be. I'll be start like over from scratch. In line, but I'll still be there. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cars got DLC these days, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially especially Teslas. Yeah. There's open, speaking of cars, the car games nowadays, like Forza, Forza Horizon, that's like an yeah. open world car game. Like how, that's t- that's yeah. a genre historically has nothing to do with open world concepts and they made it a, a racing game that's open world. You can kind of drive around the map and go wherever you want and pick up races ad hoc throughout the, the map. That's wild to me. That's Have you guys ever played uh, Burnout before? You, might, you, oh, guys, yes. you guys may Burnout not be Paradise. big car racing. Burnout, Burnout, Paradise. Burnout Paradise, exactly. Oh. I've not that played was Paradise. like my first car racing open world game. That was awesome. That was a cool and game. felt fast. That's one of the coolest yes. things that I love. Is like so many racing games. You're like, okay, we're moving, but that yeah, one that you're felt like breakneck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of those. A lot of <laughs> racing games that are open world don't feel terribly fast. The crew was really mm. bad about that mm. big you know mmo open world game for racing right and it felt kind of slow if you've problem. played if you've played burnout paradise you you know that when you get up to speed you're like oh dear god when am i going to just absolutely plaster <laughs> myself into i'm gonna something? wreck i'm gonna wreck so bad and you do and that's the best part was the infinite the the, the emphasis uh-huh. on the crashes and the destruction uh-huh. that you cause all that's, the slow motion and crumpling yeah. Yeah. you're like when open you mess world. up you knew it that was <laughs> yep. crap but great, great open world uh, reference. Pa- Burnout Paradise, absolutely open world. And Forza. And these things Jake are just all over the place, huh? The sun. Yeah. You may not be Kid Icarus, but I'll make sure that your wings melt a little bit, sir. <laughs> hey, Hold be on. Kid I, I do want to mention, <laughs> before we wrap up, I do want to mention one thing, because I see <laughs> my wife mentioned something in chat. After a long day of making decisions, I think it, I would prefer a linear game because the last thing I want to do is make more decisions with trying to relax. Yeah, that's not wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, that's probably I why I don't almost, play The Witcher. <laughs> I'm tired I, of making decisions for everybody. I Jesus. will almost <laughs> never. I will almost never spin up an open world game on a work night. Almost never. The only game where I, I would do I that is No Man's Sky, because in No Man's Sky, I can 
choose to do nothing if that's what I want to do. I can just sit and build my base tower if I want to do that. I can go mine resources and I don't feel bad afterwards. I have fun either way, but I don't have to worry about decisions and quests and things to do if I don't want to. I just yep. sit in space and look at the planets. Put <laughs> hey, my VR set on and just sit there. Yep. <laughs> but that right. said, I, I, I started playing through Arkham Asylum again as part of homework for this episode. And I have absolutely adored every minute of it. Even though I've played through that game, this is like my fourth playthrough. So I didn't do any homework for this episode. And not one that I cringe to spin up on a work night. I will happily spin that one up on a work night. Decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to say before we close this off? No, I, I feel like we we tapped in a lot of a lot of really good questions and a lot of really good answers and and I think we still sit at the idea that open world is kind of eye of the beholder. It's it's kind of your yeah. decision to make whatever you want it to be. It's funny because yeah. I was looking at open world lists before this, mm-hmm. and some of these games I was like, "That's I wouldn't consider that open world," but okay, like, right? Okay, and one of the one of the good examples is I came across Blaster Master as open world, and you know I I I talked about this game way too fucking much, but. <laughs> It, I don't think it's open enough. world. I love it. I don't think it's open world. It's mm. it's great that it's like exploration and they let you wander wherever you like, but it's closed off. Every single area is closed until you beat the boss of that area and then you can mm. go to the next one. It's to me that's it's still walls. It's yeah. still and I don't think you I can think... sequence break it easily. I think you no, have to I think their argument break it. I think the argument is is any type of exploration that is thrown in that's not you riding a rail to go somewhere is considered open world because you have you you have a decision. You don't have a decision because you have to go do something, but you have the decision to either go straight to it or mess around in the area and find other things. I think All that's right. where they're trying to aim it at is that it's your choice to either go and proceed to the next area or stay in this area, stay a while and listen a little Tristan for you. <laughs> my my homework for Sisyphean is, is an open world game. Super Mario Brothers 1 is an open world game because you can warp. That doesn't count. <laughs> but so speaking of Mario, real quick, I mean, then. yeah, it's, a, it's about as logical as your spot platformer. <laughs> Look, man, do we need to go through this episode again? It's a platforming game. There's a flat surface which pieces jump on. It totally qualifies. Anyway, I want to get in on that discussion. We'll revisit. We have to that do that later. again for sure. But I was just going to point out Mario 64 and Mario Odyssey, right? If we're saying Blaster Master's mm-hmm. open world, mm-hmm. even though it's like closed off worlds, but you can explore the caves in anywhere you want, the Mario 3D games are kind of like that, where it's like you have like yeah. the paintings, you have the worlds in Mario Odyssey. But there's just so much to do in each of those zones. It's kind of like a, a series of mini open worlds. Maybe that's where they're coming sure. at with Blaster Master. But I'm kind of with you. It still seems a fairly linear game in Blaster Master, as good as it yeah, is. And there's some backtracking, but it's not really open world. You still got to beat the bosses in order. Like it, right. It's what it boils down to. You, you're yeah. not going to go straight to Area 8 and win the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes, no breath no, of the wild. No. <laughs> I still just I think it's on the vein of any kind of exploration that can be done at any point that doesn't just lead you from point A to point B. They're gonna call it open world because you can take your time in that area if you want to. Um 
So, and, and, and again, I don't agree with that. I'm with, I'm the same with you guys. I don't totally agree with that depiction right. of it, but I think that's what they're trying to sell it as. It's like, it's open world. You can drive around all day here if you want to, or you can go do whatever <laughs> the heck you want instead of, uh, you're going to spin this thing up. And you're going to run down this there. It's totally erroneous. Totally erroneous. I play Metroid like an open world because I revisit the same area over and over and over again, because I can't find the damn next part. <laughs> Well, that's a metroidvania and that's not open world <laughs> all right guys let's let's discuss where they can find where the listeners can find everyone all right chard everywhere you find me on twitch www.twitch.tv forward slash chard monk uh youtube here at press B to cancel and on my own channel under the same name twitter instagram tiktok all those all that crap all under the same name i'm pretty easy to find all right it's in a star uh i i actually streamed last night on twitch uh sinister 77 on twitch i may or may not be back to screaming screaming i may or may not be back to screaming we'll find out i'm sure you'll be screaming later don't worry that's right <laughs> uh that or twitter or here all right and sick jake yeah i'm sick jake you can find me mostly on twitter but occasionally on twitch uh actually i am I started doing a let's play of Shantae for the Game Boy Color, which is a truly amazing game considering it was the Game Boy. So the first part of that will be up this weekend and it'll be on YouTube. So just search for Sick Jake, no K and Sick. Right on. And I am Werewolf. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter mostly, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Search it on Google, tell it your minute, you'll find me. And this has been another episode of Press B to Cancel. Invisible walls. Wow, that was terrible. My voice did not <laughs> like it this time. What the hell? Invisible Play walls. More there we go. Ring. Thank you.